Harder Dogman scoop. Whoa. He's in the ropes. Wait a minute. Did the dragon pin the Honky Tonk Man? I don't know. Or did the Honky Tonk Man pin the dragon? I'm not sure. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest. I can't believe it. Honky Tonk won. Unbelievable. And you said he wasn't a contender. He's the new Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. The bell is gone and it's officially underway. The warrior doesn't know what to do. He's so excited. The title definitely up for grabs here. Oh, we could get a new champion right now. We're all about soon. Right now, brother, we could get a new champion. I'm here to tell you. Rich hooks the leg. What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Just the Total Package and Craig the British Bulldog bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic... Whatever happened to Honky Tonk Man? For audio fans, can you give us a list on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel? On social media, can you hook us up with a follow on Instagram at OWB2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast? Our. Our. Never gets old. Craig. Huh? Why do you like Honky so much? I love Honky Tonk Man. I love Honky He was fantastic. I mean, they're. I was talking to a guy at work yesterday and he was like, I was like, what do you think of when you think of the intercontinental title? And he's like, I think of Shawn Michaels. I was like, well, no. I said, <laughs> and he's like five years younger than I am. So I was like, it's all about where you are and like the time continuum. So it's like, for me, it's, it's steamboat and it's, it's savage and it's honky. That yeah. is my intercontinental like title. Like that was the right. of when it. we, when we came around, it was Savage and Steamboat's feud that we went back and watched. Yeah. And then Savage was champion for over a year at that point. So it's like, and then Honky wins. And all I remember growing up was like, longest reigning, longest reigning, longest reigning. Yeah. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. And they always talk about it, like boxers, you know, like Muhammad Ali. They didn't really, even CM Punk has said that in interviews. Like, I didn't really necessarily think I'm the greatest, but you have to have that attitude. Everyone has an ego when they're in sports or whatever, or entertainment. Do you have to project that you're the greatest of all time because that's what you want people to believe? But that's just it. We just say it so people will say it over and over again, and then you believe it, and they believe it. And so Honky was the same way. It's like Flair said it all the time. I'm the greatest wrestler of all time. And like he turned out to be that, like for the most part, you know, but like it Honky always said, I'm the greatest IC champion. I'm the greatest IC champion. And then he became the longest, which now people substitute longest for greatest and i'm like it's because he told you that he yeah. was the greatest was he the greatest quality no but like he was the most dominant like we'll talk about it here and craig it's funny that you say that i wrote this with that in mind when you see that old classic intercontinental championship who comes to mind and yeah it all matters when you were born and when you became a wrestling fan and i think of honky 
because he was the guy when I started watching wrestling in January. Yeah, in January of 88, when I first started watching wrestling, Honky was the current reigning IC champion, and he was about ready to break the record, and he started calling himself, I'm the longest and greatest intercontinental yeah. champion of all time. And Which you way? fucking, yeah. By the way, a little, side, a little side note, it might get broken here if uh, if Gunther can take it out of SummerSlam when this is being recorded. It's kind of why I want to do this right now as well, because that could happen in the next month or two. I think we were talking before we hit record, and Gunther yeah. has 418 days down. And I want to say Honkies is 454. Four, five, four. So it's going to happen in the next month and a half or so. Yeah. Month? No month? Like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, let's jump on in. Roy Wayne Ferris, born July 25th, 1953, better known as the ring name of the Honky Tonk Man, is an American retired professional wrestler. He previously wrestled for the World Championship Wrestling WCW and World Wrestling Federation WWF, now WWE. He is the cousin and fellow professional wrestler and color commentator Jerry Lawler. Uh, Lynn Lawler! Letting him know. They came up in Memphis. (laughs) Ferris began his career in 1977 working in Malden, Missouri, and wrestled alongside his training partner, Coco Beware, for promoter Henry Rogers. That's interesting. uh, And by the way, he inducted inducted Coco in the Hall of Fame, and so a lot of people were confused. There are a lot of people were confused why that happened. It's because they... They were friends even then. Uh, we were we were born in seventy seven. Just gotta point that out. You know, it's yeah, a long time ago. It's jeez. Uh, Ferris then moved to Memphis wrestling in nineteen seventy. Originally working as a jobber to the stars there. And brother, when you went flying out of there, I think you had, had just about all you wanted, a Lawler and Dundee. A fight, Lance Russell. What are you talking about, Etzel Face? That wasn't a fight. We whipped them boys up and down the ring. We whipped them all over the aisle. We whipped them out the front door. We whipped them every way we could. Left them land, just like a chicken killing. And you call it a fight? Oh, that wasn't now, a fight. Wayne, that isn't what happened. You know, you guys went roaring out of there. Ferris made his debut for Stampede Wrestling in Calgary in 1982, where the Honky Tonk Tonk Wayne gimmick was born. A spinoff of rock star Elvis Presley, he sported slick back hair, sideburns, and carried a guitar. Uh, Ferris entered the World Wrestling Federation uh, in July of 86 under the ring name The Honky Tonk Man. He was originally a face. I did not know that. I would like to see yeah, some footage. Yeah, a lot of people don't, and it flopped so bad that they had to turn him heel. God, they probably booed him out of the building on day one. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, fan support was lukewarm to, uh, uh, to hostile with him, and the company pivoted as Honky soon cut a series of promos promos with Jesse the Body Ventura that aired on the on the syndicated programming asking fans for a vote of confidence while these promos actually insulted fans in a matter of Andy Kaufman before him. So, yeah, Ventura would get on there and he's the, always the heel and he would start insulting Honky Tonk Man as like, oh, you know, who do you think you are, Elvis? And you're, you know, the fans boo you. They actually kind of called out that he wasn't getting over. So then Honky was like, I'm confused. I love the fans. I love them. They're going to vote for me. And then so they did an actual poll and a vote. Should Honky stay or go? I don't remember what the actual poll was, but it was in the honor of Andy Kaufman, who was like, because uh, SNL got to a point oh, where right. Andy Kaufman, yeah. all Andy Kaufman wanted to do is wrestle women. And SNL had him on regularly. And Lauren Michaels in real life was like, hey, you can't really kind of do that. We're a comedy sketch show. You can't really wrestle women. So they kind of jokingly half seriously did a poll with the audience. Do you want Andy to stay or go? And the SNL audience said, go. And so Andy's like, fine, fuck you, you know, basically or whatever, and left. So they did a similar thing to Honky here, where he's like, should he stay or go? And everyone's like, go. And Honky's like, I was a, I was supposed to be a good guy. I loved you. Like, you know, and then it was a whole like 
turning of the honky tonk man where he became a heel after that or whatever. It was, it was kind of genius, but he sort of flopped in the beginning because they really wanted him to be. It's amazing. Uh, tell you right now, 674,383 votes were cast honky tonk man by the world wrestling federation fans. Woo, that makes me feel good. I knew they loved me, Jesse. I knew the world wrestling federation people. I knew they'd vote for the honky tonk man. I knew I could persuade them. I knew they'd wait, like wait, the wait, way wait, I wait a minute. I said 674,000 votes were yeah, cast. That's right, that's right, that's yeah. what you said. But only 71,111 voted that they liked you, that they digged they you. They did what? 603,000 people said the honky-tonk man, we don't dig your style, no, we don't oh, like no, your greaseball right. hair, not right. take a walk I, back to Podunk, Tennessee. I don't think you got the figures right, Jesse, that can't be true. That's the truth, man, it as can't sorry be as it is, that's I'm, the truth. I, that's it, I'm going right now to that big fat tunny and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Whoa. I think they even had Hogan run out too and like give him a high five or whatever. They tried everything Trying to push him to get honky over. Yeah. And he just didn't, he wasn't over. That's amazing. So it's just like self-induced heel work. Um, in December, the results obviously came back negative. Like we talked about, it was not long before honky turned into that cocky villain and took on the mouth of the South. Jimmy Hart as his manager, um, later billed as the Colonel to, as a reference to Elvis Presley's manager, Colonel Tom Parker as his manager there. On June 13 of 87, episode of Superstars, Honky defeated Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Honky reversed Steamboat's inside cradle and grabbed onto the bottom ropes for extra leverage to get the pinfall win there. Um, we should dig into that a little bit. I think a lot of people don't and understand There's so why much that happened. that happened, right? Like, oh my Macho gosh. Man was champion for over a year. Yeah. And he had this feud with Steamboat where he attacked Steamboat and he crushed his larynx with the ring bell. And then Steamboat came back and defeated Savage. And to this day, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, WrestleMania 3. So Solo after that, three, yep. Steamboat was actually supposed to reign for a while. What happened was that Steamboat's wife was pregnant. And combination of she was kind of a very demanding wife. She was a Karen way back then, if you catch my drift. And so Steamboat went up to Vince afterwards know. and was like, look. I need to take time off and be with my wife when my kid's born. And you did not ask for time off the road back here. This was when they traveled 350 days a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like they fucking house show was the essence was the money of WWF. Yep. There was no television two, deals two back house here. shows a weekend. Vince on paid back day. here. Yep. Vince paid for syndicated. Deals. So he paid for syndication on TV. That's how different everything was. So all your money was made on pay-per-view buys and pay-per-view was in its infancy back yep. here. So there wasn't a lot of money there and house shows. They were a traveling yep. circus. Always so the gate. Went to Always him the gate. And he said, I need time off. He's like, I just had you beat Savage at WrestleMania three and end his over year reign. And now you're asking me for fucking time off. He's like, I'll give it to you. I can't stop you, but I want to take the belt off you right away. So Steamboat was only champ for like three months after this amazing feud with Savage ending, you know, beating Savage at, at this point, the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania three, 93,000 people, blah, blah, blah. And then, so they, he, as you're going to read on Dave, he planned on Butch Reed to dethrone him, but Butch had other plans. So Steamboat got the approval for the time off, but Vince is like, you ain't going to fucking keep the title. I need my champion on the road. So it yeah. Led so to, so we lead into Butch Reed. He was originally scheduled to win the title, but he actually no showed the event prior to him winning the title. So obviously Vince soured on that. It's like if you can't even make this where you're, we're going to build you up to win it. I can't trust you, right? I can't trust you uh, to hold my belt. I don't even know if you'll bring it back, kind of thing. So Vince is obviously very much in a 
kind of in a real storm of his own, not of his own doing, but a little bit because he, he kind of backed the wrong horse for a minute. And, and I think, I think these kind of moments is what makes Vince who he is. Now we could talk about that all day. Why he just like, if you can't trust somebody, like we're not, we're not going to put a title on you. We're not going to do it. Um, but he's like, what do I do? What do I do? And the whole time, I guess, I guess he's talking, he ends up talking to Hulk about it. And Hulk's like dummy. Like he's right there. And there's, he's like, who he's like, this this some bitch on the bench right here. He's like just, he's just sitting in a chair on a bench somewhere. I think he's just sitting there. Honky's like he's like what you know kind of like what are you guys looking at? And he's like this guy is the most hated person right now, and it's all natural. Like they just they can't stand him. He he is like the perfect heel. Just put it on him. Oh, I I I don't know that I don't know that Hogan went to bat for you know other than the fact that he might say something about. When I walked by the day that they decided to put the belt on me, he said, what about this guy? And Vince goes, well, maybe so. And then all of a sudden it, uh, the conversation took place. Whether Hogan was instrumental in a lot of things there, I don't know. Uh, I know that he, being at that particular point in time, what he was having to do and the pressure on him, this guy was doing radio and TV interviews over and oh, countless hours he put in everywhere he went it was it was uh, the pressure and he was doing 75 80 90 days in a row just like everyone else it was and the same thing was it. it was the, almost the same story for harlem heat he's in the locker room with eric bischoff and bischoff's like i really want to rebuild the tag team division like i just don't who can i hire and hulk's like what are you talking about they're right like, here who can i hire to bring in that's going to revitalize the tag team division he's like they're, they're right, right there. there and harlem heat was standing right there and he's like they're right there he's like look at the size of them he's like look, look at, at those the guys they get like are you serious look at this. dude they're amazing and bischoff's like okay and that's when harlem heat started their fucking historic run and won the wcw tag titles and you know everything it's like and honky was the same way he's like vince it's right there and he's like why and he's like dude him and jimmy their boots, they get shit thrown at them. They fucking get booed so loud. And he's like thanking the audience for coming. Like, and they're booing louder. And he's like, dude, put the title on him. I'm telling you, you can have everybody chase him. And Vince is like, you're right. And so fucking they put the title on Honky. <laughs> like, so Honky yeah. beats Steamboat. I, Dave's going to get here. This, and it's this, fucking whole, this whole thing. Like, yeah, he, he, like I said, he, he did the, he did the heel. He used rope leverage. Cheated, uh, cheated uh, him out of the title, which he never got a rematch for, by the way. <laughs> no, Steve was, was, yeah, was gone. I think he went to WCW after that, too, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to recall. Well, not for a while. He took time off. And then he, he took came the time back off, then he came back. Yeah. That's right. He came back in WWF, got kind of jobbed out a little bit, and then he left and, and went to WCW. Um, this is what's really interesting, too. Honky was originally meant to be a transitional champion because I don't know how else to explain it, but the WWF at this time was not – Kill chase. It's not how they did it. The good guy always won at the paper. That's just how yeah. it worked for the most part. Uh, a little bit of the undercard that those guys would get over the, on the heel side, but when it came to the to the titles and the main events, eventually the good guys would always win. You know, for the most part. Especially Hogan was holding the title for four years. He always won. So, yeah. so they thought this was going to be a transitional champion effect, right? To hold on for the title again, but then somebody else screws the pooch. People love Jake the Snake Roberts, right? I mean, honestly, like he was a he was a huge favorite. People loved him, but he couldn't get his shit together. He's failing several drug tests uh, following WrestleMania three. He was going to be the next IC champion, but again, to my understanding, Vince couldn't trust him either. Right? So that was exactly um, so. At WrestleMania three, Honky beat Jake in the middle of the ring, and that was going to set. And that was before Honky won the IC title. 
So on the same night where Ricky Steamboat beat Savage, Honky pinned Jake to kind of because they were trying to really establish Honky, but Jake's a face, so he could take the loss and he would come back. Yep. And so they they feuded a little bit, but then when Honky got the IC title, Vince was like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna make." You know, Jake has to avenge his loss from WrestleMania 3, so Jake will end up winning the title. But then Jake failed the drug test. So Vince is like, fuck! Like, so they just end up keeping the title on Honky. Like, I would have loved to see Jake as IC champ, man. Could you imagine like that? It yeah. Jake was always just the warm-up guy for like the heels that like Hogan eventually took over uh and yeah. beat. But like for I would have loved to see a Jake Reign or just yeah, I see title Jake around never his won waist. a singles title at all in WWE. It's crazy. Not he one. was so like, over. Yeah. I don't think he won a title period. He never won a tag title either, did he? Nope. No. He never won a title at all. at all. Not one title. I mean. That you know that right. you have to have. The Honky Tonk Man with the Colonel's megaphone with a blow right into the midsection of Jake Roberts. And the referee has called for the bell. Undoubtedly, Honky Tonk realizes the referee saw him. He didn't even try to give it back to Jimmy I think, Hart. I think he may have realized he was in trouble. The winner of this belt is looking for this altercation. Jake the Snake Well, the referee, Joey Morella, disqualifying the Honky Tonk man for the use of that megaphone and awarding the match to Jake the Snake Roberts. It's kind of on him. Cocaine I mean, is a hell of a drug. That's what, what they always say, but yeah, if you can't Correct, trust it, yeah. in, in those times when your your titles matter for your gate, and if you, if someone's not going to show up, and they're a title holder, and you got to try to replace that, that puts Vince in a tough spot. So, I mean, so basically, I love his this, this glides like, honky Vince? in to where Vince starts believing more in him, and it led to his historic run because then Vince is like, "Well, I don't want to beat him now," like, and they just fucking glided him in, like honky. Oh, Craig, was. Craig, what were you saying about the consistency? Vince wants loyalty. And like, yeah, that's everything. It is it doesn't matter. Like you, if if you have everything and you're a little bit flaky, Vince does not want you. So, yep, Vince wants the ultimate loyal player. You will be where you say you'll be every single night, every night, make and every show. Yeah. By the way, even though all the territories were dying, and Vince's plan of taking over the world was pretty much winning at this point. He was at a vulnerable state because he's like, I can't afford anyone to jump ship or right. take my title anywhere. So because he was at a very vulnerable point, he's like, we're winning. We're putting everybody else out of business. We're putting stress on the AWA. We're putting stress on Crockett at this point. And like yep. they're winning. But Vince is like, if anything turns the tide, I'm going to lose a little bit of grip and I can't. So Vince had to be super fucking careful in like the mid to late 80s about who he trusted. Yep. And then, yep. you know, obviously he made the right choices. Yeah, to preserve his title, not Vince, but Honky. Uh, this could only be taken <laughs> by uh, the title can only be taken by pinfall or submission. So Honky would always get himself deliberately counted out or disqualified against people like Steamboat when he did come back. So he did get some rematches. Billy Jack Haynes, Bruno San Martino, Georgie Animal Steel. Um, also, um, Honky began using a, a fifty style theme interest song performed by Ferris. His fucking Ferris is him, Honky. So like yeah. he, like he. Th- Honky Tonk Man theme song. It's so I'm the Honky Tonk Man. You should, you should play I got it long sideburns and my hair's looking back. I, I probably opened up the episode with this because I always do that. Like when I know we're focusing on a there you star. Go. Right. And yeah. like he performed it at the Slammies and like he was he's singing his own goddamn theme song. Like he's so genius. And Jimmy Hart is a genius because he wrote all this stuff. Actually, Jimmy Hart wrote most of the theme songs for and it was, all of wasn't there people. Wasn't there a portion there when he was a hill and someone said, aren't you just like Elvis? And he's like, who? He's Elvis who? Like he always when people would call him Elvis, he'd be like, He copied me. I don't even know who that guy is. Like 
And yeah, it was so great. It. Like Honky was so good when yeah. it came to that. And Jimmy Hart being the colonel and ridiculous. And I remember uh, Monsoon would have a heart attack over that. Like, oh, all of a sudden he's a colonel. Was he a colonel? And it's amazing. Like, I mean, everything worked. You know, you know, why do we long so for back in the day? I'll tell you why. Because everything made sense. Like everything that Vince told back in the day was the announcer supported it. The manager <clears throat> supported it. Honky supported it. We he made movies, fucking pal. theme song. Like, yeah. it's just so fucking good. Like, it's so good. This video for his honky tonk, you know, as part of Pile Driver, just genius. Like, it's so all of it. All of it is so good. And that's why we long for the 80s and the things that we yeah. were kids and we love because it was good. Like, it, it everything is, it is the imprint. Like, it's where you're, it's what you're yeah. imprinted on for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, he would feud with Randy Savage at the end of 87 and the beginning of 88. After a feud with Brutus the Barbary Beefcake, Honky would lose the Intercontinental title and 31 seconds to the Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam of 88. This ended Honky's 454-day reign as champion. The record still stands to this day. Just if I'm not mistaken here, I don't think it was the injury because the injury to, to Brutus was before this, right? But they were supposed to put uh, it on no, Brutus. I know it was after. It was after. Craig was and I have talked about this before because yeah. one of Craig's burned in his memories thoughts was Ron Bass taking his spur and raking it across Beefcake's head. So they announced Beefcake versus Honky for SummerSlam 88 for the IC title. They That's already right. had a match at WrestleMania 4 that ended in a DQ, I think, or whatever. Um, to go back to the point that Honky always escaped the skin of his teeth. Sure. And uh, and so they purposely swerved. This whole time we thought Beefcake literally got injured, and so they had Ron Bass run the things against his head, the famous X for the censored or whatever. Um, they did that to pull him off the road, but it wasn't. I guess Vince just wanted to swerve. Vince was just like, nope, the let's put Beefcake in the feud with Ron Bass, and we'll in. do that, and then at the last minute we'll pull him off the card, and then we're going to have the Warrior come in and just... He was actually gaining popularity, and Vince kind of heard the groundswell about him. So he's like, "Let's just have him fucking beat Honky, like in thirty something seconds." Like it was, the, it was the right, quick. it was the right time. So the, crowd the right thing to do in the fifty four days, yeah, to end the longest reign of Intercontinental Championship. He's like the best way to thirty do it seconds. Thirty seconds, like we're all waiting here with anticipation as to the who the opponent will be. Well, maybe we haven't got an opponent. Well, maybe uh, we have an opponent, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe he's still making up his boots. Who knows, man? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody's music. That's familiar music, brother. They've exploded here in the garden. I don't see anybody yet. Here is the
kind of genius, right? Like you could say the other way around if it was a long built up storyline and they had a 15 minute match and finally someone pinned him with a one, two, like that would have been equally as big. Sure. Like if he built it up, but Vince was thinking the other way around. Imagine that conversation fucking... between Honky and Vince. Like, yeah, what's going to happen? It's gonna, your longest reign is going to end fittingly. What? Wow. In a 50, uh, 31 second match. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I feel like Honky's like, that's great. That's a, I mean, that's a nice SummerSlam payoff for 30 no, seconds. And we know about a Honky and what you'll read ahead with his, uh, how is it difficult kind of guy? Like, I imagine he was not cool with any of that. I, he was grabbing know. on to everything because he knew, like, he wasn't the athlete that everybody else was. No. You look yeah. at his body. He, he got, was never, he got, he got yeah. handed a golden egg and he, he nested it for a while. And, he, and, and they did, did a good job. A, a 452 days or 54 days or whatever. He, he wrestled on the first ever main event, which was an NBC special. He was the pre match between Hogan and Andre, him and Savage. Yeah. So Honky yep. got all these privileges he never would have gotten before. So. I hope that yeah. he thinks back now, honky, and goes, "God damn, I should have been grateful." Like I had, I had the run that I never, I never should have had this run. I was standing in the right place, and Hulk's like, "Give it to the heater," which is a good heel, your heater, and he's yeah. like, "Just give it to that fucking heater right there." Like, and it just it yeah. made his fucking career. We still talk about him this day, and think some people think about the IC title in him because he had this long reign that still yep. stands. By the way, it might be broken soon, but yeah. it still stands. I be broken soon. Go Gunther. And late 89 and 90, he and Greg Valentine, not Gunther, but, you know, Honky and Greg Valentine, was also managed by Jimmy Hart, aligning themselves as a tag team called Rhythm and Blues. At WrestleMania 6, they notably uh, rode in a pink Cadillac with future WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page as the driver. That was Diamond's uh, car as well. His actual I think there's car. also a little thing here where I'm pretty sure we talked about Greg Valentine absolutely hating this gimmick. He, he had tried, but hair he black. just hated it. Yeah, yeah, he, he dyed, he, his, he hair dyed black, his hair black, and he yeah. would do the shake, but he absolutely hated the gimmick. Yeah. He hated it so much. Um, and you could tell, like, he's just so mad. Like, I feel like he's mad all the time, but yeah, good old Valentine. Honky wrapped up his WWF career with a stint as a pro-villain villain, uh, color commentator alongside Vince McMahon and Roddy Piper on Superstars before leaving in January of 91 uh, after working for independent promotions for almost three years. Uh, on August 5th of 94, Ferris resurfaced in the Big Two, uh, joining WCW and defeating Terry Taylor on WCW Worldwide. And Terry just can't catch a break. Go book something, Terry. Um, you know, <laughs> Mr. Rooster. Promotional vignettes began airing for the former WWF star, uh, and he appeared on August 15th of 94 on WCW Pro with a win over Brad Armstrong. Uh, the Clash of the Champions special on August 24th of 94, Featured the debut of his new song, Honky Dog Baby. Honky Tonk Man remained undefeated on WCW sorry, television. What? Honky Dog yeah. Baby. Okay, cool. Um, Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. He felt it, didn't he? I've been saying it, and I've said it time and time again. I'm the greatest of all time. I said I was going to play a tune for Johnny B. Bad, and I played it. I said I was going to beat Johnny B. Bad, and I beat Johnny B. Bad. And you said, I heard you say this something like a, a triple main event. Trips, that means three, don't it? Well, you know, I got three old ladies, I got three Cadillacs, I had three eggs over easy this morning. And this is the third time the hunky-tonk man's going to have to face Johnny B. Bad. Um, I'm glad you know that now. He remained undefeated on WCW television, defeating Mike Winter and Sam Houston. Yeah, those guys were tough. Um, on October 24th of 94, he appeared in his first pay-per-view at WCW, 
wrestling WCW World Television Champion Johnny B. Bad on Halloween Havoc in a match I went to a time limit draw. Um, you guys probably at that one, I think. I think you were at that event, right? No, that was later. It was, was before later. they went to Vegas, yeah. Ah. At Starcade in 94, uh, he, not Johnny B. Bad, but Honky, left the company due to a dispute with management and his book, Controversy, Creates Cash. Eric Bischoff stated that his favorite firing was that of Honky. <laughs> um, that's funny. Um, I guess what happened is Honky got brought in because Hulk said, you know, Hulk was in that mood of like, hire people that make me comfortable. That's why he hired Hacksaw and Big Bubba and Earthquake and all those people. So Hulk's and, like, and go Bruce. get Honky, go get yeah. Wayne. And Bischoff never cared for him at all. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he was like, he's fine. So I guess when Honky got there, he's like, well, I'm going to pay him a per match per diem. Like, you know, basically. So he didn't sign him a contract. So I guess uh, when it came to the point where they were having a back and forth feud for the TV title, uh, uh, you know, Bischoff's like, hey, at Starcade, you're going to face um, uh, Johnny B. Bad and he'll finally beat you. And Honky's like, nope. Like, if he beats me, I want you to sign me to a permanent contract because I'm not just going to like be a per diem guy and then like just lose to Johnny B. Bad. He's like, I mean, literally, that's what I'm paying you for. Like, and he's like, no. So he's like, well, I will not lose to Johnny B. Bad if that's the case. And so I guess like Bischoff said he remembers it like it was yesterday. It was a loading dock. They both arrive. When you usually arrive to an arena, you go back through the loading dock and then you go to the dressing rooms or whatever. And he said he fired him right on the loading dock. He's like, oh, you don't want to lose to him? He's like, you're fired. And so he fired him on the spot and Honky left like after that. So never got signed to a deal. Never got signed to whatever. Kind of cool. actually. Yeah, I don't know if even you remember this. This show is the show that marks the end of the hockey talk man in WCW. He was supposed to be in a television title match with Mark Marrow and he quits or gets fired. Depending on who you believe <laughs> I fired him. There's nothing. There's not, there's no question. I did it in front of a bunch of people. I did it in a loading dock area at the arena. It wasn't even in my office. And one of the reasons I did it. And the reason I'm so emphatic that there's there's no ambiguity, there's no gray area, there's no possibility to possibly you know, maybe interpret it one way, maybe interpret it the other way. Because I admittedly, you know, as we go through this show, there are situations where, you know, two different people see things from two different perspectives and they're never going to be resolved. This is not one of those fucking cases. All right. This idiot actually believed he was. Yeah, and then Honky also too was like, I want to beat him for the title. Like, and Honky might have been right. He's like, just put it on the heel, put it on the heater, baby, and then you know let him chase me. Bischoff's like, nope, it's not what I want. And nope. I, get, I think Bischoff not if you're paid per appearance, and then you're like, I'm going to dictate to you what I want. It's like, nope. Yep. You're so gone. Bischoff's like, well, and Bischoff never liked him or whatever, and he was like, ah, whatever. I'm glad to be fucking rid of this guy anyway. So, yep, he got Shoot. fired. <laughs> he got served. Um. Yeah, so he fired him on the spot when Honky refused to put over uh, Johnny B. Bad. Honky would return to the Indies in 95. He resurfaced in the WWF on a December 17, 1996, Monday Night Raw taping in Tampa, Florida. and a show that aired December 29th, Honky told the fans he could not sing for the fans, but instead provided color commentary. This would expand to commentary work on Raw's War, WWF Superstars, and Shotgun Saturday Night. And then as the manager of Billy Gunn, but started a singles run after uh, you know being part of the guns, right? Um, yep. Who's also Mr. Ass. You know, just saying, you know, just working it out. Um, 
not Bart, obviously. <laughs> um, in 2008, Centino Morella announced his intention to break hockey's record for longest intercontinental championship reign, usually displaying a special honkometer. I forgot about that. Comparing hockey's 64 week record with the length of his own reign at the time. I don't know how long his reign actually lasted, um, but it did, it obviously did come close. On the October 6th episode of Raw, Honky, who's now a fan favorite for the first time since 86, along with Goldust and Piper, was named as one of the possible opponents for Marella's Intercontinental Championship at Cyber Sunday. He was elected by fans to challenge for the title with a 35% of the vote. Despite concern that his injured finger might require surgery, he did appear winning the match by DQ, so he did not win the title at that time. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner by disqualification, the Um, Honky would appear for special anniversary shows for WWE throughout the years. He mainly stayed busy on the indie circuit. On February 26th of 2019, the WWE confirmed that the Honky Tonk Man would join the WWE Hall of Class of that same year. He was abducted on April 7th of same year by his former manager, Jimmy Hart. Totally deserved. Not even a question. Honky's the man. What do you got? Yeah, I just, I, you know, it's so weird. It's like I didn't want to do a legacy on him because, you know, my kind of, I, even though I break my own rules or whatever, like, you know, you should be a world heavyweight champion, at least at, at, at WCW or a different promotion, right? Even though I know we did Paul Orndorff and Rick Rude and all that stuff as legacies and they never won world titles. But, you know, I, 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 I struggle with having Honky as a legacy, and I don't mean that to be rude because he's had a full career. Most people should be jealous of the career that he had during the hottest part of the 80s. You know, like he was Intercontinental Champion, the number two guy, and uh, they would run three different house shows. WWF was so hot in the mid to late 80s, that they went three house shows, house show A, B, and C. A was always headlined by Hogan in the world title. B was usually headlined by, at the time, Savage and Honky for the IC title. And then C was like World Tag Team Champions, Hart Foundation, whoever else was, you know, whatever. And so, like, they were, that was one of the hottest points of any professional wrestling company. And Honky was a part of that. So I really wanted to pay tribute to him because we remember him because we were fans growing up then. I know a lot of people, as Craig says, will say different things. Chris Jericho has held the Intercontinental Championship the most number of times, not days, but the most reigns. And yeah. so people remember him. People, a lot of people say he's the greatest intercontinental champion. A lot of people try to gravitate to the workers. Mr. Perfect's the greatest. Bret Hart's the greatest. Shawn Michaels is the greatest. Uh, uh, you know, Chris Jericho is the greatest. All of them lay claim to that. But Honky was this orchestrated run that was probably meant to be the reign that it was. And he never wanted after that. His character it was never supposed to happen. And he was done after that. And it's just like, I just. I really think that we should talk about Honky a little bit because, like, he was a part of our childhood. And I think fans today don't remember him at all because they never talk about him. And I think maybe if Guther does beat it with, or maybe when, I should say when Guther beats him, they'll mention it. Hopefully he has a little appearance or whatever because that'd be really cool to see Honky like, oh, fine, he beat me, whatever. It's, you know, it's whatever. funny now because Honky, last time I saw him, is, is all fledged white, sporting a full beard. He looks like Santa Claus. Yeah. So yeah, I just, totally uh, and he seems, he seems happy and healthy and you know, he's got a family and all that stuff. And I, I'm pretty sure he saved his money and all that, but dude, what a, 
opportunity you know he got like he during the one of the biggest wrestling periods of all time and he got to be intercontinental champion and that was the workers belt right so the fact that he was champion probably pissed off a lot of wrestling purists right which is the whole point to gain heat and everything and like him it and worked. savage and him and steamboat they would headline b shows him and jake roberts would headline b shows yeah him and beefcake would headline b shows you know all because he was intercontinental champion and he even rematched the warrior several times after he lost at SummerSlam, and they probably headlined the b shows you know so it's like honky should be remembered you know there's there's a place in history for people like him so I, that's why i wanted to do this i think mainly yeah craig thousand percent like the ultimate uh chicken shit heel icy champ and had yeah. it for the longest ever and it was never just do cute himself count out like whatever shake rat and roll ultimate heel with jimmy hart like it was wonderful um just like uh again as jess said as i said it's like you you remember your wheelhouse champions and he is the ultimate icy champ during like what i remember like yeah. across his uh yeah. His hips doing the shake, rattle, and roll. Like it was you, never you, fair. You, and he hit people with the guitars. Where it's always a yeah, hitting people argue. with guitars. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett does it all the time now. But it was all honky. Honky hit everybody with that fucking guitar. Yeah, I mean, with with, with that too. With with someone like Honky carrying the IC title, not only do you have to carry the B house show and and kind of win in a chicken shit way or get DQ'd, then he had to do the the superstar tapings too. So that guy was working. Probably sometimes twice a day because you, you oh, wrestle, yeah. and we you wrestle never prelim talked about and then, when he yeah. when he had his hottest feud with Savage and it was right after Savage turned heel. So he helped Savage turn face like that was a yeah. big deal. And he pushed Elizabeth down and she broke her dress strap. And I remember nobody <laughs> touched Elizabeth and he went to hit Savage with a guitar and Elizabeth stood between them. And it's like, please don't hit him. And he fucking pushed her down. And just by coincidence, her dress strap broke and I'll never forget that clip. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was like, he touched Elizabeth and Savage was like, monster chase this guy. I'm going to chase this guy across the fucking nation, you know, and just honky was part of the hottest fucking moments of pro wrestling, man. Really? Like it's yeah. great. Yeah. And he did a great job of that too. Ma Macho was always very concerned about how, uh, Liz would do any work, and Honky was a that pro he trusted about it. her, like or he trusted Honky yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah, he's like he'll 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 do it right, you know. So yeah. again, Honky never hurt anybody. You know, it's it's always a good thing about a wrestler. And him and Jimmy Hart, the marriage of him and Jimmy Hart was perfect. What do you oh, say? They they were they were fun together. Absolutely, yeah. they, they I think they had a lot of fun together. I think they're probably still good friends. You know, so um, for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. I'm sorry, no more Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Insta or Facebook at OW 2019 or at Our Wrestling Podcast, uh, respectively, for Dave, Jess, and Craig. This is the OWP signing off. Have a good one. I'm a honky tonk man.